What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Here we are in the heart of the universe. Of course, that is Clarendon. I am your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 162 and a unique episode to get into. A very exciting episode because today, folks, I have a guest host. I've just got one co-host with me. We're going to have a couple guests, but I've got a guest co-host. She's the manager of Pacers Clarendon. It's Tess Strike. Hi, Tess, guys. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Well, th- t- thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, I, I want to get into a little bit why you're the only co-host here, but uh, let the audience know how long ago you knew you were going to co-host this show. Um, about 14 minutes. 14 minutes ago. Yeah, so 14 minutes ago, which, you know, that's pretty typical. You know me. You know how Pacers roll sometimes. So probably you're not too, too surprised to be sitting in this co-host chair. No, I figured it was probably going to happen yeah. eventually. Yeah, you, and- I mean, you're a listener. Of the, you're a listener of the program. So, and you have you we we haven't had you on yet, right? No, not yet. All right. Well, this is your debut, and your debut is co-hosting the show. So very much because so, literally it is. Now, as I look at my watch, it's 15 minutes officially that you knew that you were going to, 15 minutes ago, you knew you were going to co-host the show. So Docs is is actually uh, was off today, but we're going to have Joanna. Uh, but Joanna and I were doing an event uh, downtown, or not downtown, but at National Harbor. And she parked in a garage there. And, um, you know, it was an, an event that ended as we sit here at 322. It ended about two o'clock. Uh, so she was going to get in her car and drive out uh, back here to the studio. But uh, as she looked for her keys, uh, they were nowhere to be found. No so way. she doesn't know where her keys are. So her car is currently in a garage at National Harbor. Uh, you know, have you been to National Harbor before? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, the it's it's great. There's you know the the we were at the Gaylord. We were doing an event with Brooks and a bunch of podiatrists and PTs. It was an awesome event. Really appreciate Brooks's support working with us on it. But one thing about National Harbor is that parking's not cheap. Mm-mm. So as she, her car continues to sit in the lot, uh, I, I don't know what an overnight fee is. But uh, it's not going to be pretty. No, it's not going to be good. <laughs> I'm sure she'll probably invoice the show uh, as she should. If she's listening, uh, she probably should invoice the show because it's if it's overnight, I can imagine. I mean, I paid I paid, you know, I found the cheapest lot and it was 20 bucks for I think I was there for three hours. So I can't imagine what a 24 hour uh, plus charge will be. So you know, that's the second person I know who's lost their keys today on oh, Friday really? the 13th. It's, it's Friday the 13th. <laughs> exactly. Now, the show, of course, will come out on Monday. But as we sit here on Friday the 13th, uh, maybe that has something to do with it. Who else lost their keys? Stephanie, who actually oh, works really? here in Clarendon. Uh, one of your employees yeah. lost her keys. <laughs> now, is her car in some sort of lot that's racking up a, a fee every second that it's over there? No, but she lost them on a Metro bus. Oh, <laughs> so that's even that's actually even worse because Joanna is probably, probably right now looking for her keys and can probably end up finding them where Stephanie, wow. Those are gone. Those are gone for good. Well... Uh, thank you for stepping in. I uh, really appreciate that. We're going to talk a little to Tess and who she is and her back, a little bit of her background, how she ended up here at Pacers Running. So that's a perfect uh, subject for today's show. Uh, also on today's program, I want to talk about a former employee of Clarendon who uh, landed a new job in the running world. Uh, so that was exciting news that happened this week. Uh, I've got a, uh, 
a kind of a car situation myself as we talk about cars and keys. This didn't have to do with me losing my keys or anything, but a situation that happened to me that I want to tell you about and tell the audience about. So we'll talk about that. And also on today's program, we are excited to be joined by uh, the race director for one of the great DC Roadrunners uh, track meets that they put on every summer. It's the DC uh, Roadrunners one mile and 800 meter run. Brian Danza, he's the race director of the meet. He's going to join us. And also, uh, Brian and Tom Brumlick uh, have teamed up to put on an elite 800 meters during this uh, event on Saturday. Uh, so Tom will also join us on the phone. I think Tom's at a meet. And so Brian will be in studio shortly, but uh, Tom will be on the phone. So we will talk about their race uh, July 21st. Uh, they've got a whole all comers meet and they've got an elite 800 meters that will be really fun and uh, really uh, some fast, elite, fast, fast times. Uh, so that will be fun to talk to those guys about. So Tom and Brian will join us on today's program. So, but before we get into all that, uh, Tess, this wasn't on my agenda because again, it's now 18 minutes ago. You just realize <laughs> you're going to do the, do the show. Uh, you, your kind of background um, and, and how you ended up here at Pacers Running, uh, tell the audience quickly how, uh, how, how you ended up managing the, the store here in Clarendon in the heart of the universe. Yeah, long story short, I ran track in college kind of unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I went off to school to be a soccer player and then I needed something to do. I got bored in the off season. Of course, yeah. So, Soccer's not enough. You know, yeah, just signed right. up for varsity track. Thought nice. it was a good time. Uh, and after I graduated, I wanted to stay in the running community. I actually ended up loving it mm-hmm. and quit the soccer team to run full time. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah, okay. I, I left it because I just love my teammates and love the community. And now, what event did you do in, in college? 800. 800. So I'm really nice. excited All right. to find so, out yeah. about this meet. About this, about this race. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you did the 800. Uh, graduated college. Where'd you go to college? I went to Guilford College. Guilford? Okay. Uh, so graduated Guilford and... Uh, is Pacers running, and I should know this, uh, is Pacers running your first job out of college? It was. Wow. So I was nice. out of school for maybe 10 days. So, you know, 10 minutes of notice for the mm-hmm. podcast, 10 <laughs> days of notice for Pacers. That's right. That's about right. So your short notice is no problem for you. Okay. Gotcha. No. Yep. Um, I worked at the summer after I graduated, and then I moved to Austria in Europe to be an English teacher there mm-hmm. with Fulbright. And I actually left early, and I emailed the former manager of Clarendon saying, hey, I need a job. I'm coming back to town. You missed us so much. Yeah. (laughs) I moved internationally for this job. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'm sure it was a little something in between. You probably didn't miss us that much. But (laughs) I mean, you you, so you were working on the you were working on the floor. You weren't Mm -hmm. you didn't come back and weren't the manager. So you worked your way up to the manager. So how long have you been uh, with with the store? Start to finish. I started may of 2016 so okay. it's been about two years all right two years that's awesome and you do a great job so very much appreciate you tess is pretty much there at clarendon all the time i so, live here yeah she lives, <laughs> lives here uh which is connected to the studio so if if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to come and look at the studio and knock on the window as we broadcast you can co- go in and say hi to tess because she's generally there when we are uh when we're here so uh you you Recently, I wanted to ask you about a, a trip that you took. You were out of town um, mm-hmm. the, a couple weeks ago, and you are again traveling internationally, right? 
Yeah, I just got back from a trip to Germany, actually. Germany. Wow, nice. Uh, what were you What were you there for? So it was the 40th anniversary of my college's study abroad program mm. to Munich. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't actually even go on the trip. This is a, a long-storied history of me showing up to things last minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I crashed a weekend with the study abroad trip a couple years back, and I guess they keep inviting me back. Wow. Um, so I so went. you were never part of the study no, abroad program. No, I was never program, part but, of the But you're like an program. alumni that... So does anybody ever come up to and be like, Tess, remember that time? And you're like, yeah, I remember that time. And they're like, yeah, that was a great time. And you never were even there. Does no. that happen? No, because I'm usually there. Because you usually <laughs> were there. Yeah, But you weren't there initially, so they, you can't reminisce about the times that no. you traveled to. People kept asking me about like, oh, remember when we went to this one bar in this you were one there. town? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's very cool. So Germany, um, you must have been there during, I'm trying to think the time that you were there. Uh, Germany obviously won the World Cup the last four years ago. So they, they always have high hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were knocked out. Uh, we've talked a lot of soccer on this program, obviously. They were knocked out before the round of 16. In the group stage. In the group stage. So were you there during that time? Yeah, it was embarrassing oh, for everyone. Man. So that probably put a downer on the entire country. It did. There was a it was a quiet evening yeah. in Berlin. That so night. You, you were you were there. Were you watching the game? With, yeah, I got into Berlin. Uh, my trainer and I were late, so I was going to go to the Fan Mile, which okay. is right downtown. It's literally a mile of road that they shut down, and there are these huge TV screens. It's beautiful. Like thousands of people like, watching the tens of thousands. Tens of, even wow. it's a massive crowd. So um, it's like like everybody remembers the caps like. Bigger yeah, watch than it, that. Bigger than that. Wow. Bigger than that. That's incredible. incredible. But wow. my train got in late, right. so I didn't get to go. Wow. Um, but I watched from a really cool cultural brewery on the east side. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, until they lost. Yeah, which that is, wasn't which so took, great. So did they, 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 did they win a game in the... I think they won one game. One game, and then, yeah, and then they didn't make the, the round of 16. If Docs was here, he'd sort that all out for us because he knows exactly uh minute by minute what happened in every world cup game but uh it was re- it was really too bad uh, i think when we made our and again docs will remember this too i think when we made our first pre- predictions or who we were rooting for on this program i think that joanne and i believe we were rooting for germany so maybe we were the kiss of death i don't remember or I, I i probably was but uh i'm sure that put a little bit of a damper on things but it was an awesome trip Oh, unforgettable trip. Really? That's great. Yeah, I've I've loved uh, a buddy of mine uh, who listens to the show. Uh, he and I went to went to Munich and Garmisch uh, 20-some years ago when, when I graduated college, and I still remember it as one of my favorite trips ever. I was there for a couple weeks. What did you do in Munich? Um, we went to the beer gardens over and over and over again. We actually did this thing where we would, like, bike from one beer. So we tried to, you know— mix in some exercising and you know it wasn't like the beer mile wasn't a thing then so so it was the beer bike it was the beer bike yeah so we'd bike from one beer garden to the next beer garden to the next beer garden the next beer garden and it was that was one of my my favorite minute memories of of munich and you know we hung out there and uh i went back there uh you know years ago and again docs was there with me to have to tell me when the world cup was in germany went back to to munich again and this was sometime in the 2000s, uh, whenever 2006, the 2006. 2006. Yep. So, again, Munich was was a highlight. Uh, Germany was just is is just a great great spot. Um, that was the theme of this trip: ten beer gardens in ten days. Uh, it, well, for for my trip, <laughs> well, it, it was that the theme that was of the your theme trip. For my trip. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. I, I don't know if I can. I, maybe back then my theme was the same, but I, I don't know if I could hang with that much uh, that that these days, but. 
Well, that is very, very cool. Um, are you glad you glad to be back or was it like, you know, it's mixed feelings. If I yeah. could spend every day of my life lounging <laughs> in a garden, eating gelato and drinking beer, I think I would. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you. All right. Well, very good. Well, Tess, um, thrilled to have you on board, uh, for the podcast today. Uh, we're going to bring in Brian Danza next. He is the race director for the DC Roadrunners Mile and 800 that's happening July 21st. That's Saturday uh, upcoming. And we actually, we've had him in studio the last couple of years and we always have him in after the race actually happens. But this year we are ahead of the game. We're going to preview the race that happens July 21st. Brian Danza joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Tess, we are excited to be joined in studio by the race director. He is all things of the DC Roadrunners Track Championship. It's Brian Danza. Brian, how are you? Thanks for joining us, man. Good. Thanks for having me. Nice meeting you. Yes, nice I know. <laughs> well, I was just, I mean, we. I just went through uh, with the audience. Tess literally was notified I think she said 14 minutes before the show started that she was going to be co-hosting the show. We'll um, leave you a grade afterwards. Yeah, we will definitely. <laughs> and, and Brian... Well, maybe Bri- we'll fire Joanna. <laughs> Brian, um, you, Brian, you know how, how it kind of works because it tends to be last minute. I, I don't know when I actually confirmed the show with you, but it was a little more than 14 minutes. I mean, I feel like I'm the Alec Baldwin of uh, the Pace Nation po- <laughs> yes. podcast. I come on last minute. I yes. just get my job done and get you out. Do. You do. You do. I didn't give you very much time, but we've been trying to coordinate this over the last month. So I am thrilled to say the race hasn't happened. This podcast will go out on Monday, before the race happens. First which, time in three attempts. First time in three attempts. So this is a big day for us. Uh, the race is July 21st. and uh, Did it on purpose just to compete with you I guys. I know, which, you know, hopefully we're not going to have to, to, to uh, compete with the Twilighter and the DC Roadrunners Track Championships in the future. But you and I will have to maybe arm wrestle after the show and figure that out. Um, I don't don't know if I like my chances, but before we get into that, uh, you did bring gifts. So I did bring gifts. Yes. Snacks. I know you brought snacks, which is, you know, the guy listens to the show. He, he knows how to, uh, butter up the hosts here. Um, and you gave us a taste of some of the most delicious honey that I've ever, uh, that I've ever had. I'm probably going to like drink it, drink it out. like it, like it was a, uh, uh, a soda or something because it's so good. Um, so you are, is this a new thing? You're a beekeeper? Well, it started last year. We okay. talked about it briefly okay. last year. Okay. I don't have a good um, memory, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so it started as a, as a joke with me and one of my old roommates um, about getting beehives. Okay. And we got one last year. It made it through the summer, through the winter. It expanded. We split it. Then we caught a couple swarms in the wild. And now <laughs> we have... Uh, a bunch of beehives. Um, a couple of them are down at the Barton Street Community Garden, which oh, okay. is like That's right by two where blocks where, yeah. from where you live. Yeah. Um, so we have a few. Uh, this was our first harvest ever, and it only came out of one of the hives. We got about 40 pounds of honey out of it. Wow. Um, and we made a whole bunch of these, well, these little tiny jars, and we got some honeycomb that people can just eat. And it's absolutely delicious. It, it is. I mean, we'll tweet out pictures of what he's talking about, the jar of honey and the honeycomb. Um, 
So, dude, how did you get? How, how did, did you, you get, catch a yeah. swarm? I know. And how did you get into this? How did okay. you catch a swarm? Is so, a question, this is yeah. the funny thing: is one of the swarms that I caught is was right at where the start of the Twilighter and the uh, Crystal City Five Ks are. Okay. Um, you know how there's like all those flower pots and like outdoor yeah, yeah, seating yeah. areas in that in whatever that uh, like. Well, patio yeah. kind of thing. patio place yeah. kind yeah. of is, yeah. Th- so uh, I, I got a phone call saying that there was a swarm there, and um, went there in my dress clothes with just a garbage bucket, um, <laughs> and there's a swarm, basically a basketball-sized clump of bees sitting they on were a just branch, hovering. Oh, they're no, sure. no, they're all huddled okay. together. So when um, when bees make it through the winter, what they do is. Um, if they make it through the winter and they, they've got a decent sized hive, uh, the old queen will take half of the bees and try to find a new home, and then they'll make a new queen in the old hive. Okay. Um, so this is what a swarm actually is, is, is half of the hive going out, and what they'll do is rest on like a tree or the side of a building until they find a new place to f- permanently build a real hive. Okay. And if you capture them at that point and then give them a place to live, they become... You're honeybees. I can't believe you can capture them with a garbage bag. So you're out there like, is this legal that you can actually it's go a, out? a, 100% legal, and <laughs> B, um, they're like at their most docile state at that point because they're engorged with honey, so they can't even bend themselves around enough to sting you, and they don't care to sting you because they don't have a hive to protect. Uh, okay. So they're just there. So you can literally grab handfuls of bees you, and just you're wearing gloves obviously no no no, no. barehanded <laughs> bare hands wow um and you can grab handfuls of bees and just dump them into the bucket and you find if you find the queen and you would just put her like in a cage of some sort um then all of the other bees if she's in that bucket will just go wow. in there and then you just put a piece of screen over it take them with That's you and throw them into a new hive a little bee napping <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly you can follow brian on instagram you see a good lot of running pictures on instagram but you also see a lot of bee bees and beehive pictures as well it's bee danza <laughs> i encourage you to follow him because there is i mean he leads the league in running pictures and not that much pictures. running pictures not, well there's you know i mean not 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 necessarily but i'm saying as a combination no one's better than you <laughs> with the combination of Running pictures and beehive pictures. There's just nobody out there. What's who does that demographic most. of yeah. running beehives? <laughs> Maybe well, the and, only and one. Th- there's a lot of airplane pictures. Yeah, though, more than too. anything. Right, right, right. Well, we talked about the air. Uh, the air thing. Airplanes freak me out. So we, we, we don't need to touch <laughs> on that. You go back and listen to the two previous ep- episodes. Brian's Brian's been on. Uh, so you take these swarm of bees in the garbage bag back to uh, Barton Park or your house or or wherever. Uh, I don't understand how you would. Uh, they're looking for a hive. Do you have a already built hive? So yeah, like you I, just you get to, so beehives. And uh, you build it at Home Depot. Like I just have no. no idea. Well, there's like beekeeping supply places, okay. or there's right. yeah, there's the boxes exactly. Okay. Um, and they're all um, a guy named Langstroth uh, came came up with a design, a standard design after like years and years of studying it with like the most efficient way for bees to build hives. Okay. So you could give them a box and they'll just build comb in it. Okay. Um, or if you give them boxes with frames, they'll fill it out perfectly, and then you can take the frames out and like brush them off without killing them. Wow. Basically, so you can let them build up giant hives and then take the honey without doing any harm or injury to them. Also, bees are hoarders by nature. They are. Okay. Um, so they'll hoard as much honey as they can possibly fit into their hive. 
um, in order to keep it for two or three years because honey doesn't go bad. So they'll just make wow. as much as they can and then keep it for however long they can keep it. What, what do they do with the honey? They eat it. That's oh, the, that's, that's their food. Eat. Okay. So I didn't when even know when that. when the honey's in the comb like this, um, this is basically them just storing it, and it'll store forever, um, huh. like indefinitely. And what they'll do is eat it, um, and and you know save it for the next year. I th- I thought they ate like pollen and flowers. And no, the like the po- the the honey is the nectar of the flower. So if you were to take like a a clover flower mm-hmm. and just suck on it, it would taste like. Um, wouldn't taste this good. No, it wouldn't taste as is is it would taste as uncondensed honey. Um basically is like watered down honey. Wow. This is like that condensed by a thousand. Um so what they do is they do that well if you take if if a human takes the honey from them and we do it in the summertime and then you let them build up their stores into fall, they can still make it through the winter. And if they can't, you just give them sugar water mm-hmm. and they'll make like really cheap honey for themselves for the winter and then in the spring their hive will be empty and you let them make really good honey again so uh tess do you like honey i love it so do i i'm a huge fan of honey but i I mean i'm gonna have to go to the danza store of honey here because this is not like what's in the store right i mean this tastes different to me than what i can buy it's unpasteurized unfiltered like but isn't there a whole thing about local honey helping with allergies supposedly um they they've they've tried to do empirical studies on it, but supposedly if you eat local honey because it's got the pollen from you know the right. local oak ah, trees and ash trees okay. and stuff like that, the stuff that'll get to you, you don't get allergies because it's building immunity to those allergens. So are there other um, what what do you weigh? I, I don't know. You're a beehive beekeeper. Uh, Harvard. You're a beekeeper. Are there other <laughs> beekeepers in this area? Yeah, there's there's. A, there's a, a ton. ton. It's it's like everything. Everything. There's a community for everything. My high like, school had a beehive. Oh, really? On see? our roof. I see. I didn't realize. But it. like yeah. the Fairmont Hotel downtown has like twelve beehives on the roof, and, who, and they who make all of their honey for know? the the hotel is wow. all done in house. Wow, that's very. Um, cool. There's a bunch of those. Wow. Uh, what is it? The old Ritz Carlton in Boston on Boylston Street. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They have a whole bunch of beehives on so the roof. That's the big hotel trend right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it has been for years. It actually, like the the trendy thing is now the hipsters in Brooklyn and like mm-hmm. uh, in Capitol Hill. They all have beehives on their roofs. All right, I'm, I'm basically one of those. That's why you got into it. He is a hipster. He is a hi- huge he is a hipster. <laughs> he is a trendsetter. Uh, very cool. So Brian, well, thank you for bringing the gifts. I'm excited to. Uh, I don't know how we're going to split this honey up, Tess, but uh, we'll we'll find a Just way. Just drink it now. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Brian, uh, you, you are former president of the DC Roadrunners, uh, and you've been uh, involved with DC Roadrunners for years and years. You uh, lead their timing team. You are the DC Roadrunners timer, and all sorts of things with the DC Roadrunners. Uh, you run with the DC Roadrunners, but one of the big things that you do is this race every year, the DC Roadrunners Track uh, Championship, which is a mile and an 800. Now, we talked about the Elite uh, 800. We're going to talk to Tom here in a minute about that, but it's kind of it's an all-comers event. Every Anybody can show yep. up, right? So the the event is over 40 years old. Okay. Um, it's It's been a staple of DC Roadrunners for the summer. Um, around five or six years back, my goal was, Hey, let's make this a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. and let's get a couple fast miles in it. Mm -hmm. And we didn't drop a ton of money into it immediately, but we're like, let's just try to get faster and faster people. And in the years of doing it, we've gotten, you know, we went from one guy who could run 420 to, you know, two guys that could run 412 and then, you know, just 
slightly faster every year. We finally found two years ago a great venue, which is Dunbar High School, yep. right downtown D.C. It's close to multiple metro lines. It's in D.C., which is something that you know as well as I do is hard oh, to absolutely. do because you might be a D.C.-based organization, but um, venues are actually hard to come by <laughs> you in D.C. You go to Montgomery County or Arlington. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so we, we found this great venue. They've been really helpful to us. Um, and in the last couple of years, we've we re- really like grown it. Um, and also, we've, we've gotten a lot faster runners. Um, last year, our goal was to pair up with the Roadrunners Clubs of America to do their Run Pro Camp, which mm-hmm. is a camp um, specifically tailored to runners who did not sign big contracts out of college but can make it as pros. Um, so they, they come to D.C. and they learn about – um, you know, getting shoe contracts, getting mm-hmm. race directors to pay for their travel, all the things that you would need to do to be a pro with when you don't have the backing of Nike or ASICs. And or, nobody tells you that stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. So RCA has done a great job at doing this. Um, so we paired up with them and said, hey, if uh, anybody who comes to the Run Pro Camp wants to stay an extra day, we'll pay for the hotel and we'll put on this track meet and they can come run. They can come win a little bit of money sure. and, and just have a great event in July, especially if they're not, you know, in Europe running Golden Leagues right. or Diamond Leagues, uh, I guess. Right. Um, or the World Championships. Well, not this year, but in, in other in years. In other years there is. Uh, so tell us about sort of the, the all-comers uh, portion of it. When, you know, when are the races? Can we still sign up and all that stuff? So you can still sign up. Yeah. It's free to anybody who wants to come. It's um, free. Wow. It's free, yep. At dcroadrunners.org, we have a couple food trucks there. We have but you know, a bunch of Gatorade and yeah. water. Um, we start at five ten p.m. Okay, on July twenty first. Um, it starts with a kids mile, um, then the ra- race walk mile, um, and then we have basically heat after heat after heat every fifteen minutes initially, and then it narrows down to as as quickly as we can possibly get them off. Um, we have masters miles at six fifteen and six twenty five for men and women, and then all the uh, a little bit quicker uh, mixed heats, the sub-elite uh, miles at 710 and 720, and then we go with the elite uh, 800s at 730 and 735, ladies and then men, and then the elite mile at 740 and 750 for ladies and men. Well, it's a it's an awesome event. It you know you are in charge of it, but it, you you do have some help. And uh, let's get Tom on. Um, it's interesting how you guys have connected Tom Brumlick, the uh, head coach of the District Track Club. Um, let's call him, and then uh, I want I want him to talk with you about uh, both the, the the elite 800 and elite mile. All right, so now we are joined by Tom Brumlick. He is the head coach of the District Track Club, and he's helping out with the D.C. Roadrunners event this weekend. Tom, you there? How are you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Well, we got Brian. We got Tess. Uh, we're just talking about the race. We talked about what a great event. It's kind of an all-day thing that, well, I mean, an all-evening thing that starts at 5 o'clock. Uh, but then, you know, you get into the later uh, portion of the races, and you got some really elite type races um first of all uh, before we talk about the 800 how'd you get kind of you and brian get get together on this that's a good question uh so last year um we had an athlete that was uh gonna run the world championships uh ito Sibadine, he's a local guy from uh, maryland glendale high school uh graduate um he had the world championships 
in August and I was trying to uh, find a race for him. And instead of trying to go travel to Europe or do mm -hmm. something that was way out of our price range, uh, I just kind of started reaching out to uh, different athletes to see if we could set something up. And then, you know, Brian's, Brian's event kind of fell um, right in the calendar, which, which, uh, you know, worked out really well. And then kind of get a little bit more excited about it. I want to do something in DC and, and maybe even, I know when Brian and I talked, we talked about building this out, uh, for the future to do, do more things down the road. And, uh, we got really lucky. So, uh, Isaiah Harris, who is, um, the current NCAA champion in the 800 and last year he made the world team. He's been the runner up in the U S and 800 the last two years. Uh, he needed races as well, and he's a poor college kid. So, um, the, the only the only budget we had last year was enough to fly Isaiah down, uh, take care of him, you know, put him up in a hotel. That's a good then, get, man. He's a pretty yeah, good, yeah, he's yeah. A pretty so then, good athlete. Yeah, exactly. So it built out around him. We had the Canadian runner up, uh, Robert Heppenstall from um, Wake Forest, and then a couple other, you know, one forty five, one forty six guys, and had uh, one of our. Um, kids uh that that trained with our group and was our strength coach last year sam gunther took it out in 50 point ended up being a you know 146 low mm. race uh pretty pretty good race between the top three guys i think there was like point uh point oh something separating all point three oh eight so, yeah, separating all three point oh eight yeah 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 so that's it was, uh, that's awesome i mean a 146 in dc so for some context here let me do the quick math here i think that's 53 seconds per lap there if i'm if, I, if my <laughs> math is correct uh, that's pretty fast, and that's really cool that it happened here in D.C. And that is, I mean, you know, you're not, you're not going to win a diamond. Well, maybe you'd win a diamond league. I mean, but you that's know. a world class time. No, you know, you, he, uh, Isaiah would have won sure. a diamond league up that's to that point uh, last year if he had run that speed. So, so Brian, this has traditionally been a. You said it's been around forever. It's traditionally been miles, right? Yeah. And, and why, you know, why were you okay, or why did you want to add the eight hundred? Um, well, when Tom asked last year, I was. Uh, it was a simple yes. I mean, it's literally an extra six minutes of work right. on, on an event that's four and a half hours. Right. So, um, you know, measuring the track out is something you don't have to do. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know what 800 is. Um, so when Tom said, hey, can you throw, can can we throw a couple 800 heats in here if we get some fast people? I was, you know, uh, not reluctant at all, I think. Uh, right, Tom? I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the only issue we had is... Uh, the Canadian guys came down because they needed the world standard. Uh -huh. uh, so uh, Brian actually did an incredible job of getting the meet sanctioned in like less than two weeks, less than wow. three days. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was nuts. Fantastic. So it was, uh, uh, yeah, we had got a lot of people did the work on it to help, uh, help us out. But, uh, but yeah, we were, we were able to throw it together and, um, um, yeah, it was pretty, it's pretty cool to well, have it an actual sanction meet. Now it's yeah. sanctioned this year and everything. Like that That's too, fantastic. So. I mean, kudos to you guys. It's really cool because, again, we've talked about on the show a number of times, like all the fast races happen in Europe or they happen in Stanford or they happen, you know, why not D.C.? Why not? Tom, why not? Can't, why can't you run fast in D.C.? Is there a reason? Uh, people are just people. People want to go to Europe for some weird reason. So we're, I'm actually down here in South Carolina right now mm -hmm. um, for the same purpose. We're trying to. Uh, you know, we have a really good race on tap here tomorrow. I'm working with a guy who uh, sets up the Music City Distance Festival in um, Nashville every year. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had kind of the same mindset as me of, you know, what's the point of going all the way out to Europe? Again, we have the same situation this year with uh, with our guy, Idos. He's got African championships in August. So instead of me spending a couple thousand dollars on him to go and fly to Europe, you know, I'd rather spend a couple hundred dollars right. and he can, you know, sleep in his bed more nights. He can, you know, doesn't have to worry about travel. He can stay in the same schedule, doesn't switch time zones and, uh, 
And again, the weather, weather in these coasts in the, in the summer is great. Um, you know, there's enough athletes that are sticking around tomorrow. We got a race where, uh, you know, the, the, the kid that won Mount Sac and beat Clayton Murphy and a bunch of other, you know, really top guys is going to be racing down here. And now Clayton Murphy good, was good. a, was a medalist in Rio just for some context for our listeners. So, uh, that's not too shabby. Um, yeah. So uh, you, you sent me the list of these, these entries. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but give us some highlights of, of both the, the, the men's and women's side. That's sure. going to be pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, so the one thing we are excited about is that we'll have some women this year. Um, last year, we just our our track club didn't have a you know high representation of, of women. Uh, fortunately, we um, have have two pretty solid women in our club uh, this year. Both have run two flat for 800 meters. Um, they'll be they'll be racing. We'll have a a girl that's going to join our club next year. She's run about 204. She's going to pace it. She's going to hopefully take it through in about 58 seconds, mm-hmm. um, trying to set up a sub two minute race. We have a third girl in the race who's run, uh, two flat and then another one who's run about two Oh one. So, so about four women that have run two Oh one or faster, uh, in the last calendar year or so. So that should be, uh, pretty, pretty fun to watch. I think the meet records, uh, two forty eight, something like that. So I, <laughs> I think I think Tess, it's you should yeah, yeah. Can yeah, I yeah. show up and it's just two forty one two forty one Tom come on two forty one you want a elite yeah right so yeah, yeah you yeah. can set the meet record <laughs> test and then it will probably be broken you maybe have it for the thirteen minutes I'm fine with it yeah yeah but yeah but yeah, uh, so, so, so I think that's gonna go down so yeah big big assault on that on that record and then yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, on the men's side um, so we have a handful of one forty four guys uh, Ryan Martin. Um, was a standout at, uh, um, I think you see, Santa Barbara. He's mm-hmm. made a couple, uh, Pan Am teams and has been, you know, pretty solid guy in the U S for the last few years. Ed Kemboy was a multi-time national champion. He's a 144 guy out of Iowa state. He runs for the, uh, Atlanta track club, uh, Ido Cibadine, who I mentioned before for our club, he's, he's in good shape. He's, uh, um, he's ready for a good race. So we'll, we'll have, uh, I'm not sure we're going to have pacing quite yet, but pace will be, you know, going out on 50 point and try to see if we can have a, uh, you know, even faster race than last year here. If you and can then run again, faster than 146, that's going to be something to see. Wow. Yep. And then, uh, and then, and then Andre Sorio, another 144 guy. So I think three guys at 144, a couple at 145, a couple at 146. So it should be um, a deeper field than last year. Um, hopefully, and hopefully more competitive race. Well, uh, Tom emailed me, Brian, and, and, you know, talked about this race and gave me the, the rundown of entries and we got to promote it. I mean, this is a, a an awesome event with like, world-class talent yep and uh, we've got so, an entire stadium um where we'd yeah. love to have people both in the infield and up yeah, on so the absolutely up in the stands watching this so I, i'm i'm tess i'm depending on you to let everybody know about this podcast episode <laughs> and you to bring thousands let people know about this so if you're listening to this episode and you're not going to run the twilighter you know which is my sort of conflict guys <laughs> i want you guys to make sure this race is on a different day next year but uh come out and watch this race um, you know, so tell us kind of, Brian, about, uh, you, you know, what, what to expect while watching as a spectator. So you don't necessarily have to run it, right? You can come and just show up and enjoy the festivities. You can literally just come and show up, uh, watch the kids run, which is always tons of fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, so cute. Yeah. you know, kids running a mile is the funniest thing in the world because a lot of these little guys will go out and just like kill themselves oh, yeah. on the first 400. Right. And then they're like, wait, three more laps. And <laughs> the parents have to drag them around when they're crying. Um, but also, uh, just just watching, you know, the masters just go at it, and there's totally. there's guys who are actually pretty quick. I think last year's fastest master was like four forty five. Wow, um, which is you know it's pretty fine. impressive yeah. by by somebody who's 
not just a master right. like he he actually he like is, a little bit older not just 40 and yeah. one month old right yeah right exactly <laughs> um the whole thing is really fun and it's also great for people to come out and test themselves on the track who gets yeah. to run like a mile all out on the track ever yeah. um nobody does you know there's a ton of 5ks in town there's 10ks there's marathons whatever but being able to come out and just kill yourself for five right. six minutes whatever it is what is is a lot of fun and then hang around and watch and watch hang around and watch watch world-class athletes athletes i think especially for people who get into running when they're older yeah and you didn't necessarily run track in high school or or this is something that you found later in life in college when was the last time you threw down a mile yeah exactly never well the one thing i'd want guys is at the end of the event the showdown 400 800 meters between the race coordinators tom versus brian can we do that i'll do i'll I'll run 100 against you tom but that's it (laughs) so who would let's say over 100 meters brian likes brian's the former sprinter so over 100 meters he likes his chances tom where do you like your chances over the you know 200 400 800 meters where are you at on that Sheesh. Well, I was never good in the first place, so I was I was a slow, I was a slow, I was a slow distance runner. So yeah. Um, all right. So maybe but, maybe the, well, anything aerobic you you kill me on. So am I. All right. So it would be a mile. All right. Well, you know, maybe if we get enough people out there and we get the yeah, you get the audience really uh, get you know goading you guys into it, maybe we'll see that. <laughs> Probably not. Probably but, not. Um, well, Tom, before I let you go, uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, district track club. I think we've had you on, you know, on iterations of this show before you're doing some great things. Tell us a little about, uh, your club. Yeah. So, um, myself and Matt Centeritz, who I, I think has been on the podcast yes, numerous uh, as times. well before. Yep. Who is um, that guy? Obviously, <laughs> yeah, obviously, obviously his name, uh, yep. rings a few more bells than myself. Yep. Um, but we, we started this club, uh, going into 2016. Um, the whole, you know, premise of it is, uh, you know, yes, we want to create opportunities for post-collegiate athletes. So athletes that are, you know, just graduated who want to continue in the sport and, you know, eventually try to see if they can, you know, make us finals, make us teams, uh, things of that nature. As we have some, you know, athletes that compete for other countries as well. Um, but, but again, athletes that, you know, want to be as competitive as possible, uh, after, after college. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's one of our goals, um, is to build, you know, the most competitive developmental group, uh, in the U S obviously, you know, there's a ton of great clubs in the country, even on the East coast that we're, um, you know, trying mm-hmm. to catch up to. Um, and on the flip side of that, you know, we want to, the biggest thing we want to do, uh, differently than some other clubs is to do a better job of, uh, connecting our athletes to the community. So, um, you know, one, one thing we did this year, uh, that, that Chris obviously, uh, played a big part in yep. is we, we set up a, uh, the DMV meet of champions. So it was a, um, it was just a middle distance event. So it was, uh, it was eight hundreds and, uh, 1600s. Similar to what you guys was, got going on uh, next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and we, myself and, uh, Jesse Gaylord, who is the coach at field school, um, along with the help of some other, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, um, successful high school coaches, got together and uh you know with the help of our athletes who did a great job promoting it and helping you know me set up the infrastructure of the meet um we're, was able we were able to have a really really successful meet um in early june that was pretty much every top uh, middle distance high school athlete 
in the area. I think we were missing one one girl uh, that that was you know one of the better athletes in the area, but pre- had pretty great attendance in terms of the um, you know best athletes in the in the area. And, yeah, and the you really did, to- Tom. I mean, just to touch on that real quick. I mean, it was it was incredible that the athletes that you had from both you know from Maryland, uh, Virginia, DC, and you know all competing against each other to see who's the best. I mean, who doesn't like the border wars of DC versus <laughs> Maryland versus Virginia? And each, uh, you know, Virginia and, and, and D.C. And, and Maryland all won one of the events. So everybody yeah, took home yeah, the no, titles. Was, that was really cool. Very well done. And I've heard uh, from some high school kids, uh, as we're starting to get thinking about cross country, I've heard some, for some from some high school kids who really enjoyed that. So kudos to you guys, you and Jesse, for putting on a great meet. Yeah, yeah. And, and Under Armour, you know, showed up big. And it was cool to see that, you know, they, they put up custom jerseys. and. Yep all sorts of other stuff. And it was, it was cool to see the different, you know, he actually had different jerseys so you could tell who was wearing what. And again, it was, a, it was a track meet that anybody could have watched and understood, you know, what's going on and, and everything like that. So, so to kind of sum up, you know, what we try to do other than, you know, have athletes that are competing is that we try to plug these athletes in, you know, pick their brains and, and get, um, get them to do some work in the area that's going to um, create opportunities uh, like this. And we're, we're hoping awesome. to do more things like that in the future. Well, good stuff, man. Um, I'm going to let you go. Good luck down there in uh, South Carolina. Brian's going to hang on for just another minute before we let him go. But, Tom, uh, great stuff. Good luck in South Carolina. And we will see you uh, the 21st at Dunbar Dunbar High School. Awesome. Thank you very much, Chris. All right. right, There he goes. That's Tom Brumlick. He's the head coach of the District Track Club. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Tom Brumlick for joining us. Uh, very cool that uh, you guys are doing that, Brian, this uh, 800 meters. Uh, so I asked you um, about the 800 meters, um, and I want to touch on your running. You were um, an 800 meter? No, you weren't an 800 meter guy. No, I was a downhill skier, well, and, I, right, and, I, ran, right. and I, I ran 100 meters, I, and that's it. <laughs> I always ask you about that. So are you running much these days? I'm running a fair amount. Yeah. Are you running with the DC Roadrunners Club? I am. Okay, cool. So I'm doing a 50 miles a week. 50 miles a week. No no marathons for you or anything? No. I ran uh, I ran a Milan marathon in okay. April with my sisters, nice. which Very was cool. tons of fun. Very cool. Um, and ran it not super slow, but not fast either. Yeah. Can you um, run fast on cobblestone? So no, no, no cobblestones. The weird thing is, so about two miles of it, it had these two foot by one foot pavers right mm-hmm. in like a herringbone kind of pattern and it's impossible to gauge your step on them and they're all like an inch right. Uh, right. you know one of them is a little bit bigger one of them is shorter so you're like chopping your step the entire time whenever you're on these things mm. and it was pretty annoying actually yeah. but besides that it was uh Milan uh, sounds cool besides that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a warm day. It kind of yeah. sucked for that. It was like right. 65, 70 mm-hmm. at the start and like 78 at the finish. So yeah. it was warm. It's and hot. water stations were every 5K. So it was just like wow. uh, hard. But they did give you squeeze bottles, nice. um, which was So you amazing. had to carry those for 5K. So you, and, well, yeah. no, you could carry those for like half a mile mm-hmm. and then you were like good to go. Yeah. Um, incredibly well organized. Was I cool. was... Uh, I think I've told you this before. My brother-in-law um, puts on races for a big uh, media conglomerate in Italy, but the cycling races. Mm-hmm. And the Milan Marathon is owned by the same company. Um, they're super organized on the cycling side, but I was like, this is Italy. Like, I grew up 
for for everybody who's going to scream at at the podcast for this. I grew up in Italy. Um, I'm from there, so I feel like I can talk badly right. about their organizational <laughs> right. skills on certain things. Um, it was incredibly well well organized, better than uh, a few big American marathons, and and I was incredibly Very surprised cool. having Chicago as my number one. Yeah. Uh, in terms of organization. Yeah, it's kind of the North Star, and then this was uh, and good. And then, no, yeah, this, this was, was good. All right, so you run with the D.C. Roadrunners. So I wanted to touch on them. So Rich is still president. No, Rich is no longer president. because oh, R- Rich is a listener of the show, <laughs> yeah. and Doc sold fish to him, and all right. So yeah, who's the so, new president? So Can't the, keep up, man. <laughs> I know. Rich was president for three, four years? Three or, okay. three or four years. Okay. Um, ben Richter, longtime club member. Great. Um, he was our operations VP for a long time and then our finance person for a long time, um, took over presidency of the club in May of this year. Um, he knows the workings and the ins and outs of the club better than anybody else. And and the club Uh, seems bigger and better than ever. You guys are like great supporters of Pacers running. So we very much appreciate all that. We Uh, try. Yeah, no, you guys do. You guys, Tess sees a lot of your your, oh, yeah, your folks and 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 Clarendon. But. Yeah, like all of our summer races or summer race series is basically sold out. Yeah, I remember when I joined the club, I'd go to some of these five Ks and it was like <laughs> sparsely <attended>. fourteen people, <laughs> twenty people, and now and you had to ring, you had yeah, to like twist their arms of those thirteen to get out them out there. Yeah, it's a different world now. Now we have to. We literally all of our national park service event or races on the park service. We we oversell hoping for a little bit of of drawback because well they're free and they're five dollar races so people naturally won't show up if they didn't pay a lot of money they just sign up but it's been pretty incredible over the last few years how well um the word has gotten out um and that's also because a few of our our events i think um as a race director (laughs) um have done really well you know our turkey trot yeah they're really well organized you put on a professional event and all that i mean that's that's a big deal the are the cheapest or the most inexpensive half marathon in the country uh our gar williams half marathon in december which everybody loves yep and your 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 turkey trot i can't let you leave without uh you you telling us about uh the alexandria del rey turkey trot it's a legend it is yeah it's it's a great race it is Um, a great race I, I love it. I love putting it on despite yeah. not sleeping for a couple of weeks leading <laughs> up to it. It ruins your Thanksgiving. It ruins my Thanksgiving yeah, right. every year, yeah. um, or it has for the last right, couple of years. Right. Uh, it's amazing the, like, end of October, October, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh, it's Thanksgiving morning. Right. I forgot to set my alarm. Right. Damn it. Right. And I'll be like, oh, no, it's no, October. Another three weeks. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's two in the morning. You're fine. Right. Um, no, it's a great race. Uh, you know, we get... 5,500 to 6,000 people. It's in downtown it's Delray. Uh, it's by far the fastest turkey trot in between New York and Atlanta. Five miles or eight? Five miles. Five miles. Yeah. Five miles. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're only like 20 feet yeah. apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, five miles is what it's measured out to. Um, and, you know, exceptionally competitive, but also really big. We have a doggy division, stroller division, awesome. which Wardian wins every year. So <laughs> Mike, both probably. Yeah, he's probably listening too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, because his brother usually wins, wins a stroller division, and Michael uh, win the doggy division with uh, with so Rosie. So what does his sister win? Probably something else. <laughs> I don't know, but the Farley family. I, I mean, know. He used well, to... work. We used to clean up there. We're, yeah. we're, we work every uh, every Thanksgiving now. 
Um, but no, awesome races. Highly recommend. If there is an off Pacers weekend of a Pacers race, I highly recommend <laughs> checking out the DC Roadrunner races. All right, man. Well, thank you. Let's uh, let's tell them one more time. It's July 21st. We are actually promoting this race before it's happening. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, we've got race director Brian Danza here. It's the kids. Kids mile starts at five ten. And what ages are the kids? I didn't ask you that. Uh, they go between five and ten, basically. Yeah, five is and 10. is where the kids mile is. We've we've had a couple like four, three year, three or four year olds. Um, but those usually tend to like walk around the track with their parents. Yeah, they don't quite finish the mile. If you're into probably. race walking, yeah. race walking, we do have a race walk nice. mile. Um, that's at five twenty five. So you can come and do that also. Awesome, man. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for the honey. We're really going to enjoy this. It's Brian Danza. He is the race director of the DC Roadrunners Track Championships. It's July 21st. A lot of great miles and an Elite 800 at the end of the night. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes. Brian Danza of the DC Roadrunners. We're going to take a quick break and be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Brian Danza of DC Roadrunners and Tom Brumlick for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Um, and thank you, Tess, of course, for co-hosting. So happy to be it, here. It, w- it would have been a very lame show if I'm sitting here talking <laughs> to myself and telling uh, uh, everybody about my next two stories by myself. Just kind of boring. So thank you. The audience thanks you. Um I enjoyed the interview with Brian. I'm still a little confused by this whole beekeeping thing. Um, you seem like you you, you kind of understood a little bit more because yeah. you went to high school around here. Yeah, I went to HB Woodlawn. Hit and me they high. Had, so, they had, so they had a actual a beehive at HB Woodlawn. Yeah, I don't know if they still have it, but when I graduated, there was a hive on the roof. Okay. And uh, one of the math teachers was in charge of the beekeeping club, all of three people. Right. And you you weren't part of that club. No, I was a fringe member. Right, right. But when you go back, just like your uh, overseas trip, they probably remember you as a member of the beekeeping club. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Um, But uh, very cool about the beekeeping, the beehives, and then, of course, the the July 21st race. Sounds like it's going to be an awesome event. So uh, we're going to make sure that these guys don't, do their race on the same day as our race because uh we don't want to you know we don't want we want everybody to go to our race and then we want everybody to go to that race as well so we'll organize that for next year but if you're not running the 5k it's a cool race to check out uh july 21st dunbar high school all right so tess i uh said at the top of the show a former employee was in the news uh who got a a nice promotion in the running world uh former guest i don't know if you know this guy he worked in their stores uh, probably starting six years ago or so. Chris Kwiatkowski uh, was recently hired as the assistant coach at the University of Washington uh, on the, the assistant coach of the cross-country and track team. So props to Chris. He's been on the show. He's good buddies with Matthew Sensuitz. Um, so his former coach took over the job at uh, UW. And his former coach at Oregon took over the job at UW and hired him on uh, to coach there at uh, at Washington. And Chris, do you remember Chris? I don't no, think he Chris probably, is before my time. He was before your time. Now, Chris is, um, you know, he ran on the Pacers racing team, um, was a star runner, um, you know, at Oregon, and then was an awesome runner for us here. 
but just a super guy, rising star in this uh, coaching uh, coaching world. Uh, so I'm really excited for him. So I felt like that was that was pretty big news here locally that uh, Chris, who is from Washington, gets go gets to go back home and and coach at UW. So props to him. Um, really excited for Chris Kwiatkowski and that gig. Have you ever been to Washington? Yeah, actually, I lived in Seattle. See, all, all my female co-hosts <laughs> love Seattle. I and didn't. You didn't? Okay. No, I, right. uh, I lived so in I'm the sorry for grouping you in there. You lived where outside of <laughs> I lived um, first in Everett and then at Lake Stevens when okay. I was playing uh, pre-professional soccer. Oh, really? Yeah, I was playing for a, a little WPSL team up there. I forget the acronym. It's like the Tier 3 Really? professional team. Wow. Yeah. All right, we'll have to get into that on another show. Soccer is huge there. I mean, like the, you know, DC United is huge, but the professional team in Seattle, I feel like is just sells insane. out. And it's insane. Yeah. yeah, that's a football stadium. Yeah, that, they and that, they're, that they're selling out. So uh, I'm sure Chris will go to many, uh, many soccer games out there. Really. Uh, yeah, but we're ready for Audi Field. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm actually going to the game on, on Saturday the night. Home opener? The home opener. Do you opener. have your yeah, Rooney very, jersey yet ready? I, I do not. I'll probably buy it there because uh, I'll be swept up in the, uh, the mania there that, that night. But yeah, I'm excited about, thanks to our guy, Adi, uh, Kyle at Adidas. We're gonna, I'm going to go out there with Kyle and a couple of uh, key customers on Saturday. So, that should be that should be a fun fun time, and my wife's going to join us there too. So, uh, yeah, Audi Field uh, hopefully will be same sort of energy that they have at the is it the Seattle Sounders? Is Seattle Sounders. Seattle Sounders. Yeah. So yeah, you're a big soccer fan. You know all that <laughs> stuff. Um, all right, and then I I wanted to to, to mention uh, this story that uh, about uh, um, about my car. We mentioned that Joanna had you know. Her, her ongoing transportation woes and her update today, even though she's not here, is that she lost her keys and that's why she's not here. Um, so my car, this is was so frustrating, was parked in front of my house and was hit on Sunday night. Oh, no. no note left, right? So very frustrating. It, it's crazy. The hosts have had a terrible week with their cars. Uh, Docs will have to tell us next week about his car and his I think he, uh, you know, it broke down. I'm not sure what, well, he'll have to fill us in. I'm not sure he can be able to use, I'm not sure his car is usable anymore. So that's, that's frustrating. But my car was hit in front of my house. No note. I didn't realize because it, you know, it was some body damage, but you couldn't completely tell until you looked at it and saw, wow, that's a dent. I started, started to drive it or maybe Julie started to drive it and you could tell the steering was off. So they had kind of knocked it out of alignment and again, really frustrating. If you hit a car, come on, leave a note. Did they sideswipe you? Yes, like, sideswiped. Yeah. So on the, uh, f- the driver's side, above the wheel, dent there, and then also knocked the wheel, and the, the wheel was pretty banged up, and it knocked it out of alignment. So that's got to get done. $2,500 worth of damage, right? Aye. So uh, you got to make an insurance claim on that, um, obviously. And. Uh, you also to actually have the insurance claim be valid, you have to. And these for everybody, anybody's gotten into a hit and run, or, or and no, they didn't leave a note. You 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 know what I'm talking about, or understand what I'm saying. You have to file this police report, so uh, the so the insurance company will take uh, the the claim. So, <clears throat> I don't, you don't look like a person who frequents the Arlington Courthouse. No. And that's a good thing, right? That's that's a really good thing. So, when you go to in in you know the, the fine whatever my car was hit it sucks it's gonna you know we'll figure it out I'll get my uh, car fixed but 
Um, when you go to the Arlington Courthouse, I thought this was really interesting, and um, uh, I was I was a little surprised by this. You cannot have a you know a PDA device, a cell phone, nothing a computer, electronic, nothing electronic yeah. that will have a signal, so you can't talk to anybody. Uh, you know, when you're in the courthouse and that makes sense, you know, they don't want people coming in court hearings, whatever, and sharing information or whatever, you know, making phone calls while um, you're in the courthouse. So I left my phone, my computer and everything in the car, went to file the police report. I walk in and I go through the, the, uh, go through, through the metal detector, all fine. And then the sheriff stops me. He said, Whoa, 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 you can't have your phone on you. I said, don't have a phone. One step ahead of you, buddy. <laughs> I was so confident. I was one step ahead of him. So confident. No phone on me. You're wrong. You know, I didn't say that, obviously. But I was, I was feeling pretty good about myself that he was wrong. I was right. He actually pointed to my watch and he says, that one is a uh, Series 3 iWatch that has a... That has a, a signal. That has a phone card in it. And, and I was like, Wow. You're exactly right. Nailed me. And this, I mean, he, he was like, I was like, how did you, how did you know that? He said, if it's got the red dot on it, you can see that it's got a signal that you can actually, you know, have a two-way conversation on it. So I walked back and he was right, tail between my legs and uh, put my, my, uh, my watch in my, my car. So these guys, these guys are on it. I thought, you know, they wouldn't think of that but they've they've thought of everything so it's a whole new world it is it's a it's it's a whole new world and it's it's crazy how the uh you know everybody's got to adapt including the the police station anyways i thought that was interesting um i had it on the agenda i wanted uh, uh docs always gives me a hard time about my my apple products so i wanted to, <laughs> i wanted his feedback but i'm, I'm gonna i want to tell him any i wanted to tell the story anyway so um yeah so if you go to the the courthouse if, if you've got a phone, if you've got a watch that, that you can actually have a conversation on, you got to check that as well. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with five area DC locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, you can sign up f- still for the Crystal City Twilighter. That's July 21st. Uh, so just a, a little less than a week away. Mm-hmm. So still sign up. What, it, it's, it's my favorite 5K of the summer by it's far. It's a blast. And you can pick up your packet already. So yep. anytime during store hours in Clarendon, come, come by. and by. Say, t- say hi to Tess. Come Tell her what a, what a great job she did on the show. Uh, you can pick up your packet. Um, so really a, a great a great event. Um, grab a beer afterwards. Uh, I'll be there uh, hanging out. Uh, Tess, I hope you'll be there. Are you going to be running it? Are you going to be there? You know, I'm definitely going to be there. I don't know if I'm going to be running yeah. it, but are we'll you, find out. Are you running much these days? I'm uh, in very strict beer mile training mode right <laughs> <Okay>. now. <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned the beer mile. The beer mile is August 11th. Uh, you can still sign up for that as well. Um, I mean, you can have a beer after the race and then do a warm down. I mean, that could be a good training. Yeah, um, run that could the, be it. Yeah. So or halfway can, through or halfway through, have somebody hand you a, you know, a beer halfway through. Well, yeah, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to promote that, but I don't know. we have yeah. a store team. So we really yeah. got to, yeah. So, the, so, so you do have a store team again this year. Yeah. Well, so, last year we had logger than life and we're having a reprisal. Nice. Uh, new lineup this year. Okay. So, so who, who's on your team? This August year, 11th. August 11th. Uh, Stephanie and I are coming back. Okay. Um, Kara is a new addition to the team. We're excited nice. to have her. And then so Jen. Jen. So all, every, wait, so Jen, does she work in, uh, 
Jen works in Old Town. She's in Old Town, so yeah, traditionally so it's the ladies of Clarendon, but yeah. uh, Megan can't join us this year, so uh, Jen's coming in as first all alternate. All right, so that's great. No, that's a great squad. And, and do you have a team name? We're still working on it. Okay. Um, the puns are big. We think we might go for a Dead Poet Society theme. I like it. Okay. Um, so we're still working on the name, but Oh Captain, My Captain is that's definitely pretty good. a chance that's this good. year. That's good. All right, well, if you want to compete against... Uh, Tess's O Captain, My Captain, or whatever your team name is. Yeah, August 11th for, for the Beer Mile. All right, Tess. Um, great job. Uh, you are a listener of, of the show. I, I very much appreciate it. I always hate to ask employees if they're listeners of the show because it's embarrassing because I don't expect people to listen. But when did you start listening to the show? Um, I think I started listening the longer I worked in Clarendon and the guests would walk through the front door <laughs> so and you're say, curious. hey, I'm doing this thing. I was like, are you? <laughs> yeah, so you were curious. All right, so that sounds like an interesting guest. So, uh, yeah. yeah, all right, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. All right, well, uh, you can follow Tess. Are you on social media? I absolutely am. Yeah, so follow Tess, uh, and you'll be tweeting out this link of... of of the show as well, but you're on Instagram or you're on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and it's just my first and last name together. So T E S S T R Y K. All right, a must follow on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Tess, great job. Thank you in short, in short notice for spending the last hour and a half with me. Great job. We'll have you on again soon. All right, great stuff, Tess. Episode 162 in the books. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in last minute <laughs> and joining us on the program. Again, it's Test Strike on Instagram and Twitter. Look like you're maybe taking some pictures during yeah, the show. Yeah, a couple selfies during the nice, show. Nice, <laughs> nice. So definite must follow her. Uh, she'll tweet out uh, those selfies and pictures of us doing the show. And, of course, when the show comes out, you'll have to tweet out the show to all your followers. I mean, we're going to have... Thousands of new followers after we tweet this out. <laughs> I don't know about thousands, but we'll find out. Thank you All so right. much for having me. There she me. goes. Test Strike joined us as my co-host today. Uh, we'll see William E. Docks, and we'll see Joanny Russo next week. Thanks again to Brian Danza and Tom Brumlick for joining us to promote their event on July uh, 21st. Great show of Pace Nation. I'm Chris Farley. We will see you next week. Hey, you can eat eat this. You can eat the wax and everything. So you can eat it all. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you've ever had coma honey before. My high school best friend was the president of the HP Woodlawn Beekeeping Club. Oh, so, so I'm you very know, familiar. you know. <laughs>